This episode of Back to the Bins, number 100, is brought to you by J. David Weeder. Hello. All right. Is Paul back as well? I am. All right. Let's see if we can add Mike in here. Mike who? Back to the bin. Warning, you have exceeded your bandwidth allowance for this month. This episode will now end. There are people out there that are sicker than you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm ready I'm to think- just give up right now at this point. It's like you're not going to beat that. No, no, <laughs> no. I'm not. I'm not. Not in staying married. I'm not. But there, there, to me, there's, there's just not enough hours in the day to enjoy that many books. Yeah. No. No. no, no. Oh no hell doubt. no. I mean, I have seventeen thousand, and I if I've read half of them, I'm lucky, and that's reading a couple of comics every day of my life. You know, so. <laughs> And, and yeah. to be honest, I'm I'm about on par with Scott at this point, but I'm about to ditch all of my Marvel books mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I'm no longer going to be defined by the size of my comic book collection. I want to have the comics that I want. And you what know I that- would love to do is to take every like every book that's worth ten bucks, and and take ten of them and trade them in for a book that's worth a hundred bucks. Yep. And downsize my collection that way. Yep. Good luck with that. Yeah, it's never going to happen. But yeah. but it, but that that's like the fantasy thought with it. Take him to the bank and tell me what happens. <laughs> I'm Can not I trade this take, for silver. <laughs> I'm not saying take books that are worth ten bucks and trade them for a thousand dollar book. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm talking about equal value, just downsizing my collection. I am. I'm going to walk into the bank with like a stack of value to go. What can I get for these? I get like a roll of quarters or something. <laughs> Say, hey, no. these are Silver Age. Can I get some silver? No? <laughs> Doesn't work that way? Yeah, but okay, uh, thanks. Unfortunately, you're trying to turn in your 60 copies of Turok Dinosaur Hunter number one. <laughs> hey, to I be got honest, those, they got sir. a guy that... <laughs> one time, years ago... Uh, remember that comic shop we went to, Scott? That little kind of hole-in-the-wall place? Uh, at the end of the day, when we were when we went to that show together, mm-hmm. well, we parked up top because of Rachel. There's more parking down like this really steep hill, and we're and one day years ago, this is in the late '90s. Me and my buddies were all heading into the shop, and we were walking up the hill. We see a guy come out the back of it with a short box, and he just goes and he tosses it into the dumpster. I'm like, what the hell is he throwing away? Oh, that's the short box of Turok Dinosaur Hunter number one that he throws away every day. Um, they've been doing that since 
And we just continued walking, proving once again that my life was a sitcom. That's messed up. Actually, it still is, but just, you know. You know, I saw you on TV the other night, Mike. I was watching an old episode of Castle, and uh, Mike Bailey was the guy that was murdered. Yeah, yeah. Andy Leyland was just like, dude, you just got killed on Castle. I'm like, really? Okay. I was like, and every time that Mike Bailey, and they show the guy's picture, and I could just see your face instead. Yeah, he was, uh, he was, uh, Carousing with like over you know hundreds of women and two timing them and uh, yeah there was he 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 was a score artist you know so he, that that was his thing betting women uh, lots I'm gonna of have women. to get like the the audio from that and put it at the beginning of like an episode of views I think that would be that would be funny Mike Bailey yes <laughs> um what was I about to say damn it Oops. uh he, my my train of thought has derailed. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's kind of amusing though when you think about it because I, I literally bumped into Nathan Fillion at Dragon Con a couple of years ago. I was unloading my car out in the front of the Hilton, and the bag was kind of stuck, and I was pulling at it, and I did that comical, you know, it lets go and you fall backwards, and I fell right into <laughs> Nathan Fillion. Awesome. <laughs> Who grabbed me? Helped me back to my feet, asked me if I was okay, and then went back to his conversation. And I'm like, this is why I like Dragon Con. (laughs) (laughs) I always thought it was the uh, Con Funk. (laughs) Oh, uh, just to tell you, Scott, the the air conditioning wasn't too good at the Con yesterday. I was going to ask you if you went. Yep, and completed... Dun dun dun! My world's finest dollar comics run. Oh, you bastard! I love those uh, books. And they had oh, and dude, they in the two dollar books, one entire long box was full of Marvel Star Wars. Oh, just just there. I picked up Action Comics number three hundred in really good condition for five bucks. Wow! It, it was that type of show. Where you just where Earl for whatever reason the guy that that runs that stand was just dumping crap. Was uh, it uh, three hundred? Was that the one with the Superman of Tomorrow? Uh that that was the one where he's uh, in the beard. He's got the red sun behind him. Oh, all right, yeah, okay, I know, I know the one you're talking about. Yeah. So I'm having a tro- tough time picturing, but uh, I'll get to it. Is that the is something like Superman in the year fifty million BC or some yeah, shit like that? Captive of the Red Sun. Yeah, is what it was called. Yeah, in the year twenty five twenty five, will Superman <laughs> be still alive? And that run of Star Wars did, was it a complete run? It was damn near close. I mean, one to six obviously wasn't in there. Because I know that Honeywell is still searching for a 107, but I can't imagine no, that would he, be he, a 50 cent, uh, 50 cent box. No, it, 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 it wasn't. I mean, they had a lot up until that point. They had a lot in the middle. Uh, I just wasn't looking for it, so I wasn't picking right. it up. They, dude, you would have you would have loved. They, they, they were stuffed to the gills with those uh, anthology world's finest, and I just happened to. Man. It took me six boxes to really find the one that I was really looking for. What'd you pay for him, if you don't mind my asking? Uh, you know what? I have not paid more than $2 for an issue of that stuff. See, that that's perfect, too. Cause, oh, damn. 
I have to send you send you some cash and send you a want list next yeah, time. Yeah, dude, next, something next like show, that. Yeah, I'm I'm hunting that stuff. See, what uh, eBay has been frustrating the f out of me lately because I'm looking for a lot of books that I know aren't worth shit. But the problem with eBay is that they have they've ruined eBay through all the fees and shit that you have to pay on that service now. So now you can't find shit books at a decent price on there. Mm -hmm. And and it really kills me because I'm searching for, don't laugh, but I'm actually searching for a couple issues of Turok Dinosaur Hunter. <laughs> and I know I've seen these goddamn books for like 25 cents or less in, in boxes all over the place. But, you know, I don't really have anywhere I can go around this area that has decent 50 cent boxes. All the ones I know are back in Georgia. So I've been looking on, on eBay and I've got automated searches for it. Well, every time they come up, they're crazy ass expensive. I'm like, God damn it. This stuff is 50 cent fodder at best. Why send can't me, I find it that way? You know, send me that list because Dave at the shop I go to his 50 cent boxes are full of nothing but 90s crap. That's I I need some of that stuff. Send me that yeah. list too, because every once in a while when I'm in the stores, they have the fifty cent boxes there that are loaded with that shit. Yeah, you might as well send me one too, because I go into my <laughs> my uh, my store up at the mall. Where I you live. got guys that know guys. <laughs> if I if I'd had more time to to really sit down and, and plan out a proper episode one hundred a little bit better, that that was actually the topic I really wanted to have, or, or one of the topics I really wanted to have tonight was, uh, you know, what's what's on your want list and why I thought would be a really interesting topic. For I don't a see show, why we but... can't still mention that in the in the course of of the episode we can sure. we can absolutely. if you want to absolutely I'd, I'd have to i'd have to basically access my my all my automated searches for ebay but i can do that but uh hell i for all you know for, for all intents and purposes we're actually kind of going with with the show right now if you want i mean i've been recording so i mean yeah so have I. we can just go ahead and dig into something how long you want to run um that's up to you guys i'm off tomorrow so. I don't want to go more than four or five hours. Here. <laughs> Wise ass. <laughs> well, if we go five hours, we get me to when I got to get up. <laughs> Jesus. Oh. Um. Wow. Well, now, see, by saying that we're actually in the show and recording, now I've killed the the all the momentum. That's Ooh. all. No, you haven't. No. No, you can edit around this shit. I mean, we're really, or awesome you can just me. edit free show. Edit free show. Um, as well. uh, episode one hundred can be special editing included. <laughs> you can be no, special if you want to. I'm, I'm just gonna be myself. In, in all honesty, Scott, no, dead serious. You leave the silence in there and just put in like crickets. <laughs> girl from Ipanema, or the girl from Ipanema, which will now be the, it's a running gag. That could be our theme song. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because that's what Back to the Bins needed was the girl from Ivanema as our theme song. Well, it's the music we went out on last, uh, well, next to last episode. So, <laughs> oh, I I could always go in the bathroom and flush the toilet again, like last episode. That was that was a great moment. <laughs> I have uh, great moments, and mine are kind of different, but that's okay. <laughs> well, I my point was that the book moved me. In more ways than one. <laughs> Bowel moved you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'll tell you what. We'll go, we'll go ahead and we'll have a proper uh, introduction here. So I guess this is 
<laughs> back to the bins episode 100 it's been a long time in coming but it's finally here uh as you can hear by the setup it's going to be a very strange and impromptu show we really don't have any set subject we'd all kind of hit on the idea of why not just do what we do best get together and just shoot the breeze about funny books so i thought that worked best uh joining me for this by the way i am scott gardner joining me for this episode is Michael Bailey back from his long uh, sea voyage or wherever the hell you've been? You can just tell him I was in jail. It's okay. Oh, okay, all right. You know, you know when when you get busted for downloading Turok Dinosaur Hunter number one, <laughs> you know, a thousand whatever, times, a thousand <laughs> times. You know, it wasn't that I downloaded it; is that I downloaded it as many times as I did because they. You know, it's kind of like when you're busted with drugs. You know, if you have just a little bit, depending on the drug, they're like, okay, that's personal use. We'll just take it away from you and give you, you know, kind of a kick in the ass. Uh, But if you have enough, you're considered a dealer. And with Turok Dinosaur Hunter number one, they just thought I was crazy. Um, (laughs) Sorry, I didn't. When you get a book with that kind of demand. It, it wasn't so much that you downloaded it, and it wasn't so much that you downloaded it a few thousand times. It was when you crossed that line into trying to distribute it to children. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> when you crossed the line, man. I, I thought you were going to say it was when you crossed the line and actually read it. <laughs> no, because because then you end up like the Nazi when he drinks the wrong grail in Last Crusade. <laughs> Starts spinning Spit. around, all of a sudden I'm a skeleton. You chose... Poorly. <laughs> see, see, I keep trying to beat Scott to his jokes. <laughs> see, after a while, you guys aren't even going to need me in these so... shows anymore. What was that, Mike? He said he's not that funny, so why are you trying? <laughs> oh. oh, you cut me to the quick. Oh, it's the truth, though. Well, like I like I was saying uh, last time on Comics Monthly Monday, we just need the Scott Gardner soundboard. Just everyone's will click on on one of the icons and get get the Scott Gardner the rant or whatever. Well, there I mean there are episodes where I think all I've contributed anyway was brains. So you know you just you just pull that out and stick that on the synthesizer every once in a while, and there you go. I don't even have to show up for this shit anymore. I still get paid. What do you think, Scott? Throw him in a goddamn sun. Okay. <laughs> that works for me. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. So, what are we talking about, fellas? I don't know. Oh, I said, let's... You... Oh, go ahead, Bill. Oh, uh, no. I was just saying we didn't finish the intros. <laughs> oh, we didn't, did we? We, we, stopped, <laughs> no, we, did at Mike. we, we stopped at Mike. <laughs> also joining us for this episode are Paul Spataro. Hello, hello, and Bill Robinson. Coming to you live from room 107 at the Studio Plus Hotel in Tallahassee, Florida. <laughs> now I see why you were so keen on the introduction. <laughs> You've been practicing that, that all day, haven't you? Oh, yeah, yeah. In front of the mirror. In front of the mirror. <laughs> because well, that I was works fully for That's what he was doing. <laughs> There are things that I don't want to know about. <laughs> things you shouldn't know about. I don't know. Paul was saying weird things about me last time that I was I what that I had a smoking jacket here here in the hotel and uh, yes, I've been stuck uh, up at a hotel in Tallahassee for two 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 podcast nights in a row, <laughs> different weeks. 
That's living. Yeah, yeah, I'm loving it. <laughs> That's one way of referring to it. <laughs> I'm just having visions now of the night manager down at the desk going, if that son of a bitch in 106 calls for more towels and loads <laughs> one more time. <laughs> well, that would be kind of odd because I'm in 107. <laughs> okay. <laughs> What's the person next door doing? <laughs> Looking at you. You really want to know? <laughs> <laughs> well, that guy's podcasting. It reminds me, though, of, a, of an old uh, stand-up routine I saw when I was a kid where the uh, comedian was like, if you're watching the pay-per-view in Room 106, how do you know you're not the show in Room 107? <laughs> how did that guy get the lamp up his ass? <laughs> <laughs> oh, this show's a mess already. I'll be here all the week. <laughs> Unfortunately, so will I. Oh, man. So, you know, you were talking before, though, uh, about our want lists. Mm-hmm. And it almost sounded like yours is going to be, you know, issues of Torak the Dinosaur Hunter. Uh, whereas I kind of interpreted the want list as kind of like the dream items that you want. Not, you know, not just what you want. You know, if you went to the comic store and you got it tomorrow, you'd be happy and that's that. And you'd come up with something else for your want list. Right. I'm thinking, like, what would... What would you get that, if you got a hold of it, you'd say, I'm never going to get an item that I want more than this? I'd probably have to say action, one, one, you know, number one. And, I mean, I, I know that's kind of, I don't know, it's kind of one of those, like, givens almost, you know, that everybody kind of has that on their dream comic book list. But, come on, I mean, that, that really is kind of the holy grail, isn't it? I mean, maybe, maybe, arguably, it might be like Marvel Comics number one for for some people, but I don't know. For me personally, it, it's, it wouldn't be like I would get it and be like, "All right, that's done," you know. But it would definitely be like, "I'm never gonna top that," you know, because uh, I, I think that's just, you know, that's you know, just the book. When you get to certain books, though, in all honesty, I've felt like this for years, like in Action Comics number one or Detective Comics number twenty-seven. That's not. A book. That's not a book you own. That's a responsibility, right? Because you're you're really holding in your hands a piece of history. Mm-hmm. There aren't, you know, you can you can, you know, like at the shop at the the one day show I went to yesterday, I picked up Action Comics number three hundred. Now, is that a big book? Yeah, because it's you know it's you know at this point you know almost fifty years old, and while there probably aren't hundreds and hundreds of copies of Action Comics number 300, you could probably still find it with a relatively easy eBay search. You know, there's only a few copies of Action Comics number one out there. And unless you are insanely wealthy, holding on to that is basically the height of being selfish. Because you could sell that and Mm -hmm. provide for your family probably for the rest of your life. Right, and that's the point I was going to hit on. Is I don't think any of us are rich enough that if if somebody walked over to you tomorrow and handed you a copy of Action Number One, you'd probably have no choice but to sell it because you couldn't just hang on to that and absolutely and th- and then say, okay, how am I going to get a new car? <laughs> you know what I mean? You, you you when when something like that could provide for you so much. So so let's let's modify the question slightly and say, what's the dream item that you would love to have? That if somebody handed it tomorrow to you tomorrow, you would keep. Yeah, 
I think that's a. That's actually, I was going to go exactly the same place because that, that's exactly the point I wanted to make was that, you know, I've actually, and, and believe me, this is not me bragging in any sort of way, but I've been in that position before where you've got great books and you simply can't keep them. You know, you can't keep them because they're, they're at a value point where it's like, you know, I, I not only am I being selfish to hang on to this, like Mike said, with a historical thing, but you're being stupid to hang on to it because unless you're just <laughs> rich, you know, it really makes more sense. So I've actually had a number of books like that where I just I couldn't afford to keep them. And, you know, so I've had like, uh, uh you know, giant size X-Men number one and X-Men number 94 and things like that. I mean, right now I have a, a Hulk 181 that I keep considering uh, getting rid of. And the only reason I've held on to it as long as I have is that it would be more of a pain in the ass to list it than it is to just keep it right now because it has um, a distinct kind of flaw in it that I know I could get perfectly good money out of it, but having to explain it, it just it's more problem than it's worth, but... Plus, I mean, for me, if it never happened with Action 1, I mean, it'll bum me out, but it probably never will. And I kind of sort of had my Action number 1 anyway when I got my new fun number 6. I mean, that's such a great story in itself. I loved owning that book. It was it was a one-of-a-kind. It's a great story, all that sort of thing. But that's like the perfect example of the book I couldn't afford to keep. I mean, there's just no way I could continue to hold on to that book you know, with what it was worth and, and just its place in history and everything. It was just, it was, it made more sense to just, you know, take the money. But I'm trying to think of a really good, like, break even book where it's like, it's got some value to it, but damn, I want it so much for my, for my collection. I'd, I'd probably hang on to it. And I'm trying to think of a book like that. And I don't know, somebody else run. I'll, I'll, I'll give it some thought. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, my, my item wouldn't even be a book. Uh, of of late, I've gotten the bug to get myself a piece of original artwork, uh, and oh, yeah. I'm not in a position where I can afford to buy anything all that spectacular. And I, I'm thinking about it from the point of view of I'll probably at some point buy one page of original art, and it's got to be at a reasonable price. But I want it to be an artist who I recognize, who you know, who has some theme or some cachet uh, and I wanted to have characters on the page that are recognizable. I don't just want some obscure page by a name artist. So, I mean, I guess kind of my holy grail on that would be to have a page by either uh, Neil Adams, Jack Kirby, or John Romita uh, and and be able to frame it and hang it up and, and you know, I, I don't know that it I don't know that I'd be able to afford to keep that even, but that would probably be my holy grail in that uh, particular aspect. I've been looking around a little bit, and I've seen re- very reasonably priced, I mean under $100, for pages by Gene Colan, pages by John Byrne, uh, but I have yet to find the one that has the recognizable characters that, that's worth getting. But I'm going to keep, keep shopping around. And that's kind of my my item right now. Anybody else got one? Well, I uh, I kind of actually have my dream item that I actually had. I had a commission done a couple of years ago um, from one of the guys that came in that always went to the local comic shop, uh, 
Don Hillsman III, and um, or is it the second? <laughs> One of those two. Um, he, uh, um, I gave him a picture of myself and my wife, and I, I said, I would like you to take this and create something comic-based from this picture and have myself and my wife in it. And I said, surprise me. Just, you know, I'm not putting, any, you know, just the only thing is, is that we have to be in it in this pose. And what he came back with, it was about, you know, by the time he got to it, it was about two months later. And what I got back was way beyond anything I was expecting from him. And what I got back was a picture of myself and my wife. And it was it was uh, Legion of Superheroes based. And we were two of the characters from the Legion of Superheroes in, in, in our pose. And then he had other characters behind us flying out from the corners of the screen. I mean, well, of of the page. And for for me, I was like, this this is, you know, because that's 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 a piece of art. And it's 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 me and my wife in it, you know, as comic characters. I believe she's Phantom Girl. And I can't remember who I am in it off off the top of my head. But uh, if I get a chance, I'll uh I'll try to get a photo to of it of it to you guys so you can see it, but but, but yeah, that's I kind of have that. If if I had another item that I would want to keep and hold, uh, like a dream item, would be Avengers number four because uh, mm-hmm. I've got because I've got Avengers number one and I've got most of them. I'm only missing like about twenty books to complete all of my Avengers, and number four is one of those books that I just figure I will never get. N- never be able to find or afford because it's it's like just out of the price range you know but, but it's still not crazy crazy expensive to hold on to do you know what that's going for now I, last time i thought it was i i swore it was like two grand but i might be wrong i i could really be wrong on that it's it's because i've never even seen it anywhere but i know supposedly it was it's more expensive than and then number one, because being the first uh, modern appearance of Cap. Hmm. I fear that if, if they did a uh, Legion of Superheroes picture with me and that they'd make me Bouncing Boy. And I don't <laughs> want that. Yes, I am not Bouncing Boy. <laughs> you know, make me Matter Eating Lad. I'll, I'll go with that. But don't make me Bouncing Boy. Platter Eater Lad. <laughs> what? Platter Eater Lad. Well, you know, if it's if it's like one of those bowls that you know are edible, <laughs> so why not? I mean, I loved getting taco salads and that kind of oh, stuff. Yeah. I had so. a taco salad tonight. <laughs> was it in um, one of the bowls? Yeah, it was one in the. Ed- I didn't eat the edible bowl because I don't. I don't like that. Whatever that stuff is, that tortilla shell thing, whatever. But it's, it's plastic. It was cool because basically it was uh, it was the <laughs> plastic. It was. Uh, you know, it was the shell, and then it was like a layer of meat in the bottom of it, and that was it. And then you go over to the Fixins bar and just load it up. And I'm telling you, I destroyed that Fixins bar. I mean, it was like everything but the ketchup packets went into that shell, man. I mean, I put <laughs> everything in that thing. I used to consider that my mission at the all-you-can-eat places, to make sure that, that I was getting my money's worth. Oh, yeah. And that they were losing money on selling to me. But it's a, it's, a, it's a very poor health way to uh, approach that. That's the thing is that you, you fool yourself. And I'm eating a salad. 
But you know that um <laughs> that blue cheese dressing has like a billion calories. Yeah. In it, so <laughs> oh yeah. And it's I mean, to be fair, if you eat that, it is still better than eating like a triple baconator at Wendy's. <laughs> baconator. Uh, <laughs> I will clog your arteries. But you know, in all fairness, underneath the uh the the half gallon of blue cheese dressing and three pounds of bacon bits, there is a piece of lettuce. <laughs> and a lot of cottage cheese. <laughs> you know, for me, it's it's really I don't have a holy grail anymore. Um, I've, I've just got, it's, my collecting has kind of evolved and it's constantly evolving, but ever since I decided, uh, and as soon as some duck, some more ducks in a row or in a row, I'll, I'll be doing this ever since I decided to actually sell, uh, the, you know, basically my Marvel collection outside of my Hulks, you know, I decided Okay, at this point, I've gone crazy because I I, I was a, I was an addict. I mean, really and truly. No, I, you know, I say it. No, no, just, I I just pictured you like crazy Bailey. Everything must go. <laughs> I'm sorry, no, I have no idea how I'm going to sell that young those young bloods. But seriously, it got <laughs> to the point. It got just to throw the them point. in a dumpster. <laughs> I'll probably get more money out of it that way. At least some homeless guy can stuff it in his pants on a cold night. You know, you know how you sell those, though, in all seriousness. You include them in a big lot of books on eBay. Yeah. You put, like, 20 books, and you make three of them Youngbloods. <laughs> and that's what turns people off. Um, well, you hope that there's one other in the 20 that, that may, that's one that somebody really wants. and that they'll That's go not a bad box. idea. I'll, 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 I'll definitely... Uh... When I'm selling it, I'm Here's... hoping not to do too much eBay. Uh, in all honesty, because you know Scott mentioned it before, they're they're you know they, they charge you for that stuff and to break even, or I I just don't want to have to charge. Here's my main problem with eBay: it's PayPal. Mm -hmm. They made me wait when I sold a bunch of books back about six, seven, eight months ago. They made me wait like almost a month to get that money. In my PayPal account. They're like, we're going to hold it because you haven't done this all that much. It's like, really? Well, ugh, assholes. So I'm definitely not wanting to go into that direction uh, if I can. I mean, I, I when I sold all my trades right around the time, of, or not all, but a bunch of my trades uh, right around Dragon Con, it, one, it was a very cathartic experience. Like I got rid of them and I felt like a weight had been lifted off of me. Because, you know, I look at them, I'm like, I'm never going to read that. So I might as well get it into the hands of somebody who, at the very least, might read it, uh, you know. And yeah, and, and, and frankly, I didn't lose too much money on that because I didn't pay all that much for them, uh, to be honest. But it really got to the point with the comics where I was just buying stuff because it was cheap. Yep. And... Yeah, that's all well and good when you have aspirations that one day you'll sit down and write it, uh, read all this stuff, but then you wake up one day and you realize you have a near-complete collection of X-Men and you have no desire to ever read it. And, and Preach you know, it, brother. Preach it. Preach it. So it's just like, what do I... But I do want to continue to collect because, well, one, I'm still an addict, and two, there are books I want to read. So really, my 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 collecting goal right now is all Superman based. 
uh, is to really, you know, kind of beef up and fill out the Superman run. And, you know, I kind of reached a, a short-term goal last year when I got basically every issue of Superman in Action Comics from 1971 until today. So that felt good. But there's still World's Finest and Superman Family and Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen and, you know, Lois Lane and all that to get. So really that's where I'm kind of geared towards. I'm just trying to find the stuff cheap because I really don't want to have to pay too much for it. I, I now have a complete collection of Forever People from the original run. And frankly, outside of the first issue, I didn't pay more than like two or three bucks per issue for those comics. Simply because I was just patient and waited for them to show up in the cheap bits. So now it, it's, it's getting to the point where I am dipping my toe a little heavier into the Silver Age because I'm finding good deals. And those books I know I'll read. I know at some point I'm going to sit down and read the entire Bronze Age of Superman mm-hmm. uh, because I'm interested in that because it's a character that I that I have a long-term affection for. So that's the kind of stuff. And, you know, but but really, that's my want list right now, is just there's some, like, scattered issues of Batman from around Infinite Crisis, like the Batman titles, like Batgirl and Gotham Knights, that I'm just to have on there to fill in the collection because I have all the rest and I just need, like, two or three other issues. But again, I'm not paying more than a dollar for those. At all. I mean, if, if I if I find it, great. If I don't, okay. But really, Superman is where my head is right now. And, you know, I have found that when you're focused, for some reason, the deals present themselves. I don't, I don't know if it's the universe opening up to you and, and saying, hey, you know, um, you know, okay, you've made a, you've made a wise, you've chosen wisely. So we're going to let you have some deals or when you're that laser focused on something and aren't like, Ooh, daredevil that you, you're more apt to find the good deals. We'll give you this great copy of Superman for $2, but you can't take it beyond the seal. <clears throat> That's my Indiana Jones <laughs> reference. Sorry. But, uh, no, no, I got no, it. I got it. Okay, but but I, I think I think your second point is exactly right. I think those deals are out there, but you need to be laser focused because otherwise there's just so much that you miss the forest for the trees. You, right. you just can't, you know, you you can't see everything. You have to focus on the one thing. Actually, that expression would be the reverse in what I'm saying, though. Uh, you have to focus on the trees and not the forest. Yeah. Uh, because if, because if you're looking, trying to take in everything, if you're just looking for what's the best deal they have out there, you're going to miss stuff because there's just too much out there. But if you go, if you go to a con and you're saying, okay, I'm just looking for Superman issues, you know, you, you're focused enough that just going from booth to booth, you're going to find deals that you might otherwise overlook. Right. And, and I think that is the way to go. If you, if you, you know, if you can go to a con with an actual want list as opposed to going and just having, you know, let me see what's there. But, um, I mean, getting a complete collection of Superman books from 1960 to today, I think that's actually where I would stop. In all honesty, I mean, in all, to be fair, I want at least one Golden Age issue of Superman, one to beat out Scott, 
and two. <laughs> no, but but that's that's a piece of history to own, but not like the first appearance of Lex Luthor Golden Age. I'm talking. I happen to found find kind of a whip to shit copy, you know, from of Superman number fifty seven, which really isn't worth all that much. But I got it for like thirty bucks, so it's there. It's not like you know. I, I know at one point you had and sold New Fun Comics number six. Mm-hmm. That's a historic issue, mm-hmm. you know, for more reason than one. You know, you know, not only is it the first appearance of Doctor Occult, if I'm right, I think yes, I but that is where the name change of the title happened. Well, it's, it was also. Uh, um... Siegel, Siegel and Schuster's first published work in comics as well, with you know with Doctor Occult. So I mean, and, and really the the books I bought yesterday, I'm like I walked out of the show happy. You know, th- there was like one thing that I that I kind of regretted buying, but only because I found it cheaper in another box later in the show, uh, which is kind of like the heartbreak of psoriasis almost. um but other shows that i've gone to even the one that we went to where we had a great time scott i walked out of there going why the why the hell did i buy all of this you know and it was Mm -hmm. just ooh, 50 cents exactly you know you better get it now or 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 it might not ever be there again even though you're gonna see these same freaking tricks comics at every show you go to because everybody had them and everyone's unloading them cheap or, or even I... worse it's it's uh, you're never going to read it you bought it because it's 50 cents and it's going to go in a box somewhere and you're never going to look at it again yeah well, where my collection started to get out of control for me and i will admit that it's kind of out of control is where i started to lose the ability to buy a collection <laughs> weed out the books that I wanted that I truly wanted or needed, you know, for to complete a run or something like that, but mostly just that I, you know, that I actually wanted and resell the other ones and just get rid of them. You know, I started to to slowly lose that ability because what kept happening to me more and more often was I would be reading something and it would reference another book And I didn't have that book, but I used to have it. And the only reason I didn't have it now was that I just, I had no interest in that book. And so I got rid of it and now I need it because it's being referenced by some other book that I'm actually into. And that happened to me over and over and over again. Plus, you know, over the years, my tastes have changed a little bit as to where, you know, I may not have been interested in title X when I was a kid, and thought the art sucked or whatever, or just was a genre that didn't interest me or what, whatever the case may be. Now, fast forward 10, 15, 20 years later, suddenly, wow, I'd really like a run of uh, Commandy, you know? And I used to have a complete run and got rid of it because I didn't like the art and I just didn't care about the story and stuff. Now I'd kill somebody to get that back, you know, that sort of thing. So slowly, I started just when I would acquire something, a, a large collection or whatever, I just held on to it. And so then again, you fast forward 20 years later, suddenly I've got, you know, I mean, my collection's not all junk. I got some really good stuff, but I do have large sections of my collection that are just like 
how the hell did I get an almost complete run of X Factor? I don't give a rat's ass about X Factor, yet there it is, you know? Stuff like that. So, yeah, it, it does. It becomes almost like an illness after a while, you know? And uh, and I do. I find myself both, you know, having a whole lot of unread books that I just scratch my head and go, how did that happen? But also, like Paul said, then I continue to make it worse by picking up books with all, you know, with all great intentions of, ooh, this looks really good, or, ooh, I need this for my collection. Bag it, board it, put it away, and then never look at it again, you know? Never even read it. Just bag it, board it with every intention that, ooh, this is going to be tonight's you know, night table, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I'll rip it open and read it and, and it never happens. It just goes into a box never to be seen again. And yeah. And, and it's impressive. I mean, don't get me wrong. There, there is something impressive about having a, a large comic book collection. Back when I was like 21, I had dreams of the comic book collection that I pretty much have today. Uh, you know, and I, and I used to have a saying and I would joke about it that I would say there is no such thing as having too many comic books. And that is a person, uh, the person saying that is a person that doesn't have to deal with the logistics of owning that many books because it's not just the money. That's a big part of it. And it's not just the sheer amount of time you don't have in your life to read all those books. There's storage to consider. And how are you going to store it? And where are you going to store it? And do you have to build uh, like a little like guest house out back to an organization? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the organization and stuff. My comics are, are, I am embarrassed by the shape and, and, and how my comics are are stored right now. Cause there is an entire room in the other part of the house where there's just crap everywhere. And I used to be anal retentive as hyphenated about how my comics were stored. And I knew exactly, even though Scott and I have a di- difference of opinion of, of, of how to file your books. Um, the correct way is strictly alphabetical. Uh, and, and, and you can keep thinking that, and that's nice, <laughs> uh, old man. Um, but th- the fact of the matter is, is I knew where every book was. Hang on, I'm going to go get my Bible. I'll show you, I'll quote you the verse. <laughs> Is that a Thou shalt file the comics alphabetically. Thou shalt not place them back to... Oh, sorry. <laughs> Thou shalt not put a, a comic on a non-acid-free board. <laughs> right. I think um, that actually is commandment number six. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, it's just, you know, I used to be really big about that, but now, just because of the space in the house we're in, which may change soon. But still, you know, I can't have everything in one space. And that bugs the crap out of me because I want to have all that stuff together. And the thing I keep thinking of is if you downsize, that's less of a problem. And it doesn't make me... The the biggest problem, I think, is that I was defining myself not by my level of knowledge or the number of comics I've actually read, but how many comics I've owned. And I think there's a mistake there because... You know, we all grew up in an era where he who has the most stuff wins. Yep. She. Mm-hmm. You know? Yay. And it and, and it comes from a time, <laughs> I think... Did you say, yeah, yeah, yeah? No, I said, yay. I yeah. have more stuff. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, exactly. I mean, it, but to be honest, if you really want to break it down psychologically and sociologically, 
we're all the children of people who basically came up after World War II. Mm-hmm. And there was a huge imperative on the part of the entire United States to not only rebuild, but show that we're the most awesome in the world. And we had extra money for extraneous stuff, so it became, what do you collect? And our generation, the previous generation, had their stuff, but maybe have sold it off and maybe bought it later. We're the ones that started keeping it. And it, I, I, I remember vividly in my early 20s, back in the 90s, you know, my friend Andy bought movies, my friend Ryan bought CDs, and I bought comics. And we both had these huge collections. And we were surrounded by people who did the same thing. Now, with everything going digital, not only movies and music, but comics as well, having that much is starting to become kind of like a dying art almost. And I'm getting to the point, and maybe it's because I'm getting older. Maybe it's just because I realize that I can't waste money like I used to. But mostly, this is going <laughs> to, hate to bring the show down, but what the hell is my wife going to do with all of this if something happens to me? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I look at. I have probably less time left on this earth than I've already been here. And what am I going to do with all this? You know, I'm never going to read these books, all, all the ones I have. Like you, Mike, I don't have them all in one room, and it bugs me because I can't get them all on the same place and start going through them and organizing them. And I mean, I've even gotten rid of over a third of what I have, and they're still they're still there. I, that's why at, at the height of my quote-unquote sickness, I was working in the comic book store being paid in comics, not even cash. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, okay, let's see. Uh, if uh, minimum wage is seven fifty, uh, you can pay me two comics an hour. Will that work? Okay, great. You know, and I would work my Saturdays just so I could get my fix. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's I've been there. You know, and and you just get to the point where you're like, I, I just. I can't do this like I used to anymore. It's just I'm not getting the fulfillment back, and it's just a nightmare trying to track all of it and move all of it. And, you know, we joked before on another show that, you know, you lose friends when you go to move because nobody wants to help you move your massive comic book collection. Oh, dude, you know? when, when me and my buddy Ryan got our apartment together back in 1999, and he helped me move my comics... We got done, and we both kind of crashed out on the couch for a minute, and he said, if you ever make me do that again, I will shoot you in the face. (laughs) And I really don't think he was kidding. Mike, God forbid anything ever happened to you. I think we're all walking out of your wake with a long box. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, guys. I I love you, too. (laughs) Maybe they could just bury me in a giant long box. (laughs) That would be Awesome, dude! In a mylar bag. That is, is this like the geek, is this like the geek version of bury me at wounded knee? Uh, but just, I, I don't want the backing board. I'll, I'll take the mylar bag. I'll take the long box. Just don't put me in a backing board. Unfortunately, when you guys would go to pick up the coffin, I'd probably fall out the bottom of the box. <laughs> Oops. We and then on the, grave, in a on the gravestone, it's going to say, here, here, here lies Paul Spataro, CGC rated 
This is simultaneously yeah. the funniest and most morbid episode. <laughs> but I feel you, man. I mean, I've been there too. I, I think about it a lot, especially now. Like you say, getting older. I you know I got kids, and and the world they're growing up in. Yeah, they're not going to want all. They this don't comments. want all this yeah. shit. Yeah, that's the thing. You know, it, it's kind of the and same. There's lesson. nothing wrong with that either. There, there, there's no shame in that because it would be like expect our parents expecting us to do the same thing they do, and that's completely unfair because we spent our entire teenage years going, "We're not going to do that," carving out our own lives. Right. So, you know, <laughs> I just, I'm just with Scott. There, there, there's a certain point where, unless you have a collection that can be readily sold. Basically, what you have left behind are thousands and thousands of reminders of who you are. <laughs> and that's just going to be... I kind of yeah. like that idea, though. I kind of like that idea of, you know, a couple of days after I'm gone and my wife's had time to kind of realize it and everything, walking in this room and going, Christ, now what am I going to do with this shit? You know, pretty much the same way she's dealt with me for 19 years. What the hell am I going <laughs> to do with you? I got you now. What the hell am I going to do with you? So, yeah, I like that idea. Here, honey, I left you a large fire hazard. Yeah, exactly. Enjoy. And, you know, I, I, and mean, I hope it doesn't fall on you, because that would... Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I, I spent a lot, of, a lot of years, you know, especially when my oldest boy was, was young, you know, I spent a lot of years kind of beating myself up over having sold off all of my Star Wars stuff, you know, my figures and stuff, I mean, you know, all the toys. And then at some point I realized, you know, at probably about the time he started to build a pretty decent collection of Star Wars toys of his own, that for the most part, he wouldn't have wanted all that crap anyway if I'd have kept it because those figures and, and everything, they were so primitive compared yeah. to what like now. And I think comics are, are in a in a weird, you know, paper comics. What I've got, you know, pretty much it, it's the same thing. They're they're growing up in a digital age where they're they're freely embracing all things digital, if, if they even read at all. So, yeah, I, you know what I mean. <laughs> like the kids in Back to the Future too. What is it? Yeah. Oh, exactly. use your hands. That's a baby's baby's toy. toy exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, comic books you touch. So. Oh. So then it becomes, you know, all right, well, you know, if you, if you if you pass before you've sold them, then it becomes, all right, well, your family's got a couple of options. Just get rid of the shit, which more than likely they'll end up taking a significant loss on it versus if, you know, you've been smart enough to get rid of it during your lifetime and try to get your price out of it or, you know, some sort of altruism thing. You know, you 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 call up you know, the local friggin' library or whatever and just go, I tell you what, come get the shit you can have it, you know, and I don't know, nothing nothing I've thought of actually doing, you know, will-wise or something, you know, sits right in my gut. You know what I mean? It basically it comes down to at some point I'm just gonna have to bite the bullet and be like, all right, I'm gonna have to find the time and the motivation to sell all this shit off before I kick the bucket so that I can die with some sort of peace of mind, you know? So I don't, I don't know. But at this point, really the only reason I haven't divested myself of a large chunk of my paper comics is just time. You know, it takes a lot of time to sell shit on eBay, you know, and in yeah. any great quantity, you know, if you're really intent on, 
you know, getting a good price and building up a reputation and building a business. And I, it takes time to do that. I've done it before and it's, you know, it's a pain in the ass. So I don't know if, if they would refine the system a little bit. And plus right now on eBay, I'm, I'm still of the opinion that it, it's for the most part, it's still a, a buyer's market. Oh, definitely. I mean, unless it's unless it's recent stuff which tends to sell for a greater profit because people are kind of, it's, it's not so much the speculator a redo of the speculator boom from like the late eighties and early nineties and all that, but it's just, they're not printing as many copies. Right. So that if something does get hot, it's a genuine collectible at that point where, yeah, you can charge, uh, you know, a lot for it. You know, some people gouge, uh, I don't approve of that. I don't support it. Um, but frankly, I mean, if if you can get money out of it in this economy, more power to you. If somebody, basically, at this point, I am of the opinion that if somebody is out there and they're willing to pay $40 for a book that is two weeks old, that's on them. Right, yeah, no kidding. We're not doing mm. proper research and stuff or trying to find other things, I, you know, other ways of getting it. You know, and I understand that there are people who live in certain parts of the country where the comic shop isn't readily available and all that. And maybe you want to get it. But basically, if you're just getting it to read it, dude, wait six months and buy the trade. I mean, you, you're going to come out cheaper that way. But the, um, but really, you know, if you want something like I, I recently filled in a lot of holes of my. DC collection from around Infinite Crisis. You know, issues of Hawkman that, because of Scott, sounded a lot more interesting than they did at the time. Oh, come on. Um, no, no, I'm serious. Like, I, I, I sought out the Palmiati and Gray Hawkman issues because you said they sounded good. They were good. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, why are you saying, oh, come on, when I'm paying oh, I you? Thought you were, I thought you were, all right, I misunderstood you. I thought you were saying that you picked them up because I, I said they were good, and then you got them, and we were like, oh, these no, suck. But really and truly, the books were two ninety nine at the time of selling, and I paid like $1.50 for them. Right. Or sometimes a dollar. In, in like the Firestorm series that came out around that time, I got every single post-Infinite Crisis issue for $0.25 cents a piece. Yep. Because that stuff's not hot anymore because it's old and because no one really cares. And, 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 and if you want to get into a little commentary about the whole thing, the comic companies themselves have made that reality moot. So who gives a crap anymore? Mm -hmm. So and I'm not and I'm not really coming down on one way or the other because there might be people listening to the show right now that are loving the heck out of the new 52. And I don't want to take that away from them. Because, frankly, there is some good stuff in there. Earth 2 and World's Finest are awesome books. They are, I mean, the, the, they just reintroduced Fury in Earth 2. And her new origin is amazing. I really like it. But, you know, that, that doesn't change the fact that in ten ye five years at this point, that all might become moot. And who's going to give a crap about, you know, issues of Earth 2 at that point? Mm -hmm. So if you're patient, and I, and, I, and I think this is something that we have preached for years, if you're just patient enough, anything you want can be yours. It really can. You just got to wait. And, 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 you know, if you really want to read it, 
go to instocktrades.com where all of their DC trades right now, and no, we're not being paid by them. But I was just going to say, you sound like a commercial. <laughs> well, let me tell you about instocktrades.com. Uh, no, but seriously, all of their DC trades are 45% off right now. Hmm. But now, if you're looking to divest yourself from stuff, you have to have the attitude that my buddy does, who sells stuff on eBay. And uh, his his attitude is he's willing to take that whatever dollar fifty on a two fifty book because his attitude is I was never going to read it again anyway, and that's whatever you know a cubic foot I've cleared out of my garage that that I wasn't going to have. And I think if you're looking to divest yourself of things that aren't the, you know, the premier books, that's the attitude you have to have, or you're not going to move them. Right. Actually, don't we have a sponsor now? Comic Caskets? <laughs> <laughs> draw Caskets. Draw, draw Caskets. <laughs> well, to be really wait, morbid, wait, to, go back, to go way back to the beginning of the show, you know, Paul was asking us, you know, what what we want. What was the what was the thing, Paul? The your, your dream item. Your dream item, um, Stanley. I just want Stanley. <laughs> I want him on the couch next to me so that he can just begin. He he can have the opening narration for everything that I watch. Did you I think guys that'd be awesome? Or or, or everything that you stay there, true believers. Scott just got in his special soap drawers. You're gonna get some action, and it's on its way. <laughs> but first, a stop to the bathroom. <laughs> oh, I, I would I would buy a Stanley to keep here too. What do you think they awesome. go for? <laughs> well, that depends. Do you want one near mint or uh, very That's fine? I'll yeah, he's he's probably got some spine damage at this point. And, uh, you can see there's a little fraying on the edges. I, I I am sure he has got a subscription crease somewhere. A staple. <laughs> a staple. <laughs> oh yeah, we'll f you. I'll be seeing you. In all the old familiar places That this heart of mine embraces All day through In that small cafe The park across the way The children Carousel, the chestnut trees, the wishing well. I'll be seeing you in every lovely summer's day, in everything that's light and gay. I'll always think of you that way. Thank you so much for listening to our show, and we hope you'll join us each and every week for more good old-fashioned comic book back-issue awesomeness. You can contact Back to the Bins to leave feedback, comments, questions, suggestions, and criticisms via email at backtothebins at gmail.com or by visiting the Two True Freaks section of www.forumforgeeks.com. 
Back to the Bins is produced in association with the Two True Freaks podcast, which you may find at www.twotruefreaks.libsyn.com and is a registered trademark of Demanzo Corps of Milan, Italy. All rights reserved. Back to the Bins is a proud member of both the League of Comic Book Podcasts, which you may find at comicbooknoise.com league, and also the Comics Podcast Network, which you may find at comicspodcasts.com. Take a moment to stop by their respective sites and support their other fine podcasts, won't you? Thanks, and we'll see you next week. I'll be looking at the moon But I'll be seeing you I'll be seeing you I'll be It's Megacon from March 15th through the 17th, 2013 at the Orange County Convention Center in Orlando, Florida. Megacon is the Southeast's largest comic book, science fiction, fantasy, anime, gaming, toys, multimedia event. The showroom has over 110,000 square feet of exhibitor space. Meet your favorite comic book artists, get autographs from your favorite celebrities, enter a costume contest, visit continuous anime viewing rooms, view the Indie Film Festival, and so much more. You don't want to miss it. One-day tickets are $24.49 in advance, $30 at the door. Or go for all three days for just $58.04 in advance or $60 at the door. I, Scott Gardner, will be there Saturday, March 16th from open to close, wandering the floor in my Two True Freaks t-shirt. Again, that's Megacon, March 15th through the 17th, 2013 at the Orange County Convention Center, Hall D, that's 9800 International Drive, Orlando, Florida. Be there.